Hello and welcome once again to Wrestling Memories. I'm Glenn Broggett with you once again to talk old school professional wrestling. It's something I definitely genuinely love to do. And oh yes, it's always wonderful to have uh, great guests on the program. And this man, uh, he really helped to uh, shake off uh, some of that cold of 2018, that winter (laughs) feeling, man, up here in northwestern Minnesota. He brought us not only one, but two fantastic editions of Wrestling Memories, talking about about his pro wrestling career and we have got uh, only a little bit of the story we, we really got into because we we're, we're going to get into it even more uh, it may take one or two more okay. times to get through this once again it's so great to have him back former central states universal wrestling federation he's been around the world and back again he's definitely uh definitely not your tame type we're talking about the wild <laughs> thing mr steve ray and steve my friend it's so so wonderful to have you back you're warming us up again on one of these sub-zero February uh, mornings here. Welcome to the program, uh, Steve Ray. Hey, thanks a lot. You know what, though? You guys got the Super Bowl. I, Kansas City hasn't had the Super Bowl for, I don't, I don't even know, Steve. Have they ever had a Super Bowl in Kansas City? I don't know but, if that's market. Again, they, they got to like put up, uh, you know, a billion dollar stadium these days. But I guess it just oh, wasn't yeah. it wasn't attractive as far as finding, you know, you know, getting the bourgeoisie out there uh, for for the festivities. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think there's how, ever been, man. Huh? How how old is your stadium? It's a beautiful stadium. By the uh, way. That is only a couple of years old. Here we uh, got into season uh, two here uh, just uh, this past uh, campaign. Uh, you know the funny thing was about the the new U.S. Bank Stadium down there in the Twin Cities is the first uh, uh, three times I went to the the stadium when it, when it first opened was once to see Metallica, once to see Guns and Roses, and the other time to see U two. So the fourth time I went oh, to it wow. this past fall, it was actually for a football game against uh, the Baltimore Ravens and boy it yeah. is it is a real beautiful wonder of the world I mean it, when you look at it from the outside it looks like it, uh, some sort of ship coming in but man it is uh yeah, yeah. money uh, money well beautiful. spent by the the Wilfs and of course uh Joe, John Q public taxpayer got to get included too but beautiful stadium oh yeah yeah you know it, it, until all that hoopla happened with the NFL and taking the knee and all that stuff. No one really understood all of the, you know, how the NFL was really making a lot of its money. And, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just from people going to the, to the games. Um, and it wasn't just selling the merchandise. Heck, our, our government was, you know, giving them subsidies. It still are it's still giving them subsidies. Oh yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. That they definitely have had their hand in this. Uh, you know, I mean, from from even from the dome before we had this new dome. I mean, it's always seems to be that relationship between uh, those entities. I'm pretty excited. At first, when I heard that Vince was getting ready to go back, I, I thought he lost his mind. You always have to take a deep breath and a couple of days before you come up with a, an idea you can't come up with a conclusion obviously not until uh it's been in a, put in play but i think that he might do no i don't even say might i believe he is going to do very well as a matter of fact the moment his stock on that goes public uh, um, i would recommend everyone buy in because it, it's the nature of business um, the NFL doesn't have any competition. They're looking to go global. A lot of people don't know that, but they uh, that's an absolute. It's not uh, uh, just a thought. Well, yeah, because they've, they've been absolute. tempting and teasing with, uh, of course, these. N- they've had how many games uh, now per year in, in London? And for a time, oh. I had a worry that I almost thought, I mean, just in my opinion, you know, there was talk about moving a team over there. And so you had other teams in the league that were kind of uh, on oh, the lower yeah. end sweating it out. Yeah. And, and one of those, I thought, that had a good chance before they kind of turned their ship around was was Jacksonville Jaguars. Absolutely. Here we are in, in, in the world of today where, you know, globalism is, is taking place, which globalism on the economic uh, standpoint is, uh, I'm totally okay with. I, I'm not for this one world order. So with Vince being buddies with uh, Trump, not that any favors are going to be put into play, but a lot of the red tape will probably lessen itself. I can't see going back to the nature of business, 
you have a McDonald's, you're going to have a Burger King. With every business, there's going to be, you know, the yin-yang effect. It's just the, you know, laws of nature. Vince is going to, at the very least, be within that uh, 75% mark of doing what, uh, what the NFL is doing currently right now. But what I see with, with yeah. Vince is, I mean, this is, you know, again, people have, you know, the XFL the first time around, it didn't quite go the way they had projected it. But for a, for right. a guy, so, I mean, for a, a guy to jump in to, to, to relaunch a football league, he, he, you know, a lot of great thought goes into it. He must have felt something because you know what? You don't put in hundreds of millions of dollars now in this day and age and, and expect the end no. game to be just another footnote. I don't think he needs another ESPN documentary no. about his failure. Mm-hmm. I think he, when he wants right. to jump in, he's going to jump in whole hog with it. And then, you know, the best yeah. thing you got to do is the way you do the competition I think the old model of the, what the USFL did before they decided to go uh, and neck and neck with the NFL in the fall was play a spring season because you know what there's that vacancy where the NFL and the uh, you know, or else the NBA and the NHL are kind of going through their sprawled mm-hmm. out session before they hit the home stretch in those winter months. You also have Major mm-hmm. League Baseball and the spring training element, so it was always that little 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 spot was ripe. For, for guys who didn't want to just completely turn off the football set or gals who, who didn't want to turn off the football, you know, and b- to true. be able to have, and what Vince though, I think does bring is he is, he is PT Barnum. He's the guy that can, can, can sell the, uh, the, uh, the ice to the Eskimo. Oh, I think with, way, Vi- way more with Vinny Mac. Yeah. The current CEO of the NFL. He's such a, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt. Absolutely. And, and personally, um, I kind of saw it with, and I mean this respectfully, of course, towards the business, um, kind of seen that, saw it with the way that the product is being ran with the WWE uh, currently right now. Mm-hmm. It's lost something. Now, now it makes sense to me why it's lost something is because I believe Vince has, over the last few years, has put a lot of thought. He's probably, I'm probably a lot like him, with this is, you know, I, failure is actually the best thing to ever experience. It's how you deal with that failure, how you um, manifest it, digest it, accept it, and then uh, uh, learn from it and overcome and uh, supersede from it. I think what we're going to witness is uh, a redemption moment where you know, Vince will get to live out his last years uh, in, in the in the, the entertainment business itself, fixing what you know what was broken, basically, and then taking it to a whole new level. What I thought he should have done, starting just so he can kind of get the learn the ropes and the you know the um, the uh, what do you want to call that the relationship between the athlete the um, the agent. Uh, There's so many different channels yeah. for which he has to go through, and, and I mean, with the college, like you said, with 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 su- dealing with agents and, and dealing with uh, not only budgeting stuff as well. So yeah. there's a whole new different animal, uh, you know, compared to finding, uh, you know, a professional wrestler. Some similarities when they go on their scouting missions, but this is uh, not just five or six people he signs per you know month or whatever through his oh, people. Yeah. This is like t- full teams. This is full personnel. Right. This is like just exactly. You know, this is many little many little communities within these, these uh, football right. operations to include the coaches and all yeah. of that and then you know then all the intellectual property uh you know going down to you know the the sops and the oh yeah you know all those yeah yeah it, it is a mountain of uh stuff that he has to endure and he he has to have a small army of very effective um, people to be able to make something like this happen, and I, I'm confident that he does. We're going to go now from Vince McMahon. Yes. Uh, you talked about Vince McMahon. Yeah, we're going to go from Vince McMahon back to a different promoter from a different time, and we're going to go. We're going <laughs> to go, go. Uh, a guy who had the who had you know. Let's not discount any of his ambition, you know, but definitely uh-huh. separate but equal. Uh, you know, people. We're going to go back to the Herb Abrams Universal Herb Wrestling Abrams. Federation, and we're going to cover mm-hmm. a, a myriad of things about Herb uh, today. Oh, not just Herb, but we're going to talk about the company itself because when we got. 
last left off in our conversation, we, we, we heard a little bit, I got in, into a little bit about what Herb was, was like, his drive, his ambitions, and mm-hmm. his shortcomings as well. I think you hit a full spectrum when you talked about uh, the man himself. But I want to talk about the man who got this professional wrestling company underway. And I want to get back to uh, 1990. I want to get back to when you got into the uh, UWF. Okay. I want to talk about some talent. I want to talk about venues, TV deals. And we're going to talk about that UWF run. We're going to also talk about uh, leaving the, the ring here, life out of professional wrestling when we get the time. This might be a, a two-parter okay. again. But I really want to get people okay. to know a little bit more about the UWF. And just, you know, who you know, this company was packing some talent here. But, the, you know, let's go back to, yeah. to the 1990 and uh, some of her uh, stuff. Like, how... I want to get like the first TV taping was in September 1990 in Reseda, California, right. at, the, at the Country Club. First of all, let's take us back to how he, he was able to, you know, get the uh, the TV deal. Was the TV deal, you know, obviously he's putting some money down to tape this, but was the TV deals comfortably in place around this time, from what you could remember or recollect? Because I noticed you you came yeah. along oh, not yeah. too much longer. Um, but let's talk about the TV deals and leading up to the okay. taping. This is the one thing don't ever underestimate Herb when it comes to his ability to to make things happen. We were in Disney and he was doing a pay-per-view. <clears throat> um, that could have been a, a way much better um, uh, uh, venue. Had actually, if I had the opportunity, especially with, you know, my mindset now as a business person, even, you know, versus them. But even then, um, had there been... A, a well thought out plan, along with a placement of a, a scope of work with with Disney, we could have locked in, you know, a guaranteed sold out audience. Really sold out, just be guaranteed that fill the you know the bleacher area, and we'd be able to have the best TV uh, that you could have ever imagined. So um, <clears throat> that was that was some of. Uh, Herb's downfalls um, that he would he would create the most incredible magic um, just out of thin air. And as far as the TV deal, he absolutely had that, and I'll tell you the reason why. It's fascinating that you asked me this question because as of the last two weeks, I, I've never been much of a person to go back and look at my tapes. It's not I didn't do it in football. And I don't even I don't even watch that much football at all. I'm not even a big football fan, although I was a big football player. I, as I went back and looked at you know some of the things that we did video wise, the way that Herb uh, just ran that whole show, like the Fury Hour and stuff, he did a pretty damn good job for a 41 year old who was you know loosey goosey all over the place. This guy, uh, imagine you know if he if he would have been someone who you could count on, I, I can't say Herb was a problem as far as uh, showing up on time, but, um, you know, it, he always did it Herb way. It, it was like Herb would, I'll, I'll tell this story for the, for the audience um, that, that they'll find fascinating. Oh, and, and on top of that, I do want to say uh, for anyone who, actually have a, you know that they have a question that they're just dying to know and it's not being answered on this show is there a place that they can uh, write or send you a message uh, to to tell you what the question is that they're asking uh, they could actually just head on to my messenger on Facebook and, and, and uh, ask me a question. I, I definitely take uh, listener uh, question requests at, at Glenn Broggett, B-R-A-G-E-T, at Facebook.com. I'll be get on Facebook, Absolutely. search my name, and, 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 and have a question. Say this is UWF, this is Steve Ray related, and you can pass them across right. to me. And uh, also, uh, there's a great uh, fan fan uh by the name of gino cuddy that's done and a host too that you've done some work with uh, he's got a great page yeah. as well and uh, if you want to make submissions even to there I, i'm sure both gino and i uh, could definitely help out on our respective uh programs oh, based both, on both our passions both of you guys kudos to both of you guys gino is uh, you know such a young guy 22 years old he knows everything about the UWF. It's amazing to me. He's just an old um, soul when you when you when you see some of the stuff, man. It just it seems yeah, like he's light years yeah. of where he is. I mean, eight, what the, what the age indicates. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he's just, he's a great guy, but both of you guys are phenomenal. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make sure I, I, I put this out there, but on the basis of, you know, what I've seen um, with all these different, you know, groups that, you know, I, I noticed that you belong to as well. Um, man, what a uh, incredible, hardcore, loyal following wrestling has. Amazing. And um, so let's not digress. Because I want to go, I want to tell this story so people can um, understand this. And I think I might have shared a little bit of it on the last show, but I'll just make sure that you understand. So you can really get to know, I want you to, to get to know her. <clears throat> we, when we were doing the blackjack brawl in Las Vegas, um, you know, her was always good about getting the big name people. But what he would do is he would drop them in important segments, which made his product look fabulous. You know, you pull Andre the Giant, forget about it. You, you, you got something going on. That's the thing, you know, the kind of magic that had in, in not too many promoters outside of, you know, maybe Japan could, could do something like that. But Herb did, you know, Herb was able to, um, you know, pull out the, the, the best of them. So that he definitely did all on his own before I um, even met him. But it, him and I, when we were together, we would compliment each other because um, one, I, I actually uh, admired uh, his tenacity you know, his freaking, uh, I don't want to call it cockiness, but fearlessness. If he got an idea, her didn't talk about it, he did it. And that's, you know, that's what made me actually a successful entrepreneur because my fear was not even, it, it, it didn't exist anymore. So whenever people go into business, the biggest problem is that they'll talk about it and they'll never do it. So that that part, I, I definitely would say I owe to, to, to her. But when we were in Vegas, some of his name uh, guys, uh, I won't mention any names, basically, you know, put him on the spot and said, I'm not going to not gonna work until you pay me up front cash. I understand that from a wrestler's uh, point of view. And actually, I would understand it, you know, because her has been known to, to drop a bad check. So it all made, made sense, but unfortunately, it, it was done within a short period of time before the match was, you know, getting ready to go. And, you know, Herb's in this panic. Him and I are in this big suite uh, at the MGM, beautiful. And he goes, Steve, what, what am I going to do? We came up with a plan of contacting the casino and telling them that we needed to pull a draw. Actually, that. I'll, I have to pat myself on that. That was my 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 plan. This is this is where this is where Herb took it uh, a step further. So I said, you know, I, I believe the amount of money that he needed was close to seventeen. Uh, it, I, it, it definitely wasn't over twenty five thousand dollars. And so we both agreed. He says, well, why don't I just ask for fifty, just in case something else happens? You know, I've I've got that as a backup. And if they say no. And they only give me 25, then, you know, me going at 50 was smart thing to do. I said, yeah, that makes sense. That's good. As he makes his phone call, hello, Bob, this is Herb Abrams with the UWF. Um, I got a little problem. You know, this is how he, he just changes his whole demeanor. Mm -hmm. I need to get a draw, and here's the reason why. I'm not going to be able to put this show on here at the MGM. Uh, the pay-per-view that's been promised to whatever networks and blah, 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 because I've got uh, an issue right now of a few wrestlers here that are demanding payment before they go out there. Beknownst to my, you know, me being able to plan or think about this happening, um, I don't have the, the, the cash to be able to do this. And so what I, I, I need to do is I need to pull a draw for a hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, looking at him, I said, no, you didn't. And I'm like, Oh, you idiot. And you know, that's exactly how it was. I'm not kidding. I, I did the same damn thing when he whispered in my ear 
um, on that Dr. Death match. Um, and and, and he, he told me to take a swing. And, and when he told me that, uh, he told everyone that, he, you know, he paid uh, Dr. Death $100, uh, $100 to break my nose. We'll come back to this because I'm not going to spoil it. But it, this has something to do with, that, man, he always ends up being right. You know, I'm looking at him going, you're not going to get a hundred grand. Are you crazy? Um, like what the hell is wrong with you? And that, that's how I was disappointed. I was angry. I was upset. You know, I'm thinking, Oh man, you're not, you know, I, I, I can't loan you the money. Cause I thought that would be the next thing, you know, mm. um, <clears throat> that it would come up. He goes, I understand. I understand. No, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Thank you. He hangs up the phone. He looks at me all belittered, bewildered looking and, and, you know, it was just like he, he, he didn't get it. And I said, well, what'd they say? And they said, they'll be up here in five minutes. And I said, bullsh. <laughs> and I, I'm not kidding you. The guy came in with a briefcase, you know, like it was something out of the movies and poof, there it was. That is how Herb Abrams, that's how he operates. He will get himself the biggest hole known to man. He'll not only find a way out of that hole, he'll also find his way on top of the mountain while everyone else falls in the same hole that he was just in. You know, that, that's the kind of way he, uh, I don't know, I, it, it's almost a little bit magical with him. It, it was extremely, extremely entertaining. I can't tell you how lucky I was at, you know, at such a young age to be able to experience all that. That was just like, um, it was like a movie, you know? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, there's probably some things that I, I'll, I'll leave out of this because there's something that I probably can go totally in depth of, but that was this man. Um, yes, lackadaisical. Yes, could have been the best. He could have been a goat, I guess. He unfortunately had a vice on the basis of where I'm at at my life at 51 currently right now. What I witnessed Herb Abrams through, and this will even include the, the police reports and, you know, you know, how he died and everything else. It really isn't a whole lot. I, and I know that like in some people who, who, you know, have always lived the straight life. When, when I make this comment, they'll like, look at, they're like, what? Are you kidding? People don't get, no. Um, a lot of people, um, especially with the opioid epidemic, there's a lot of people that have vices that tip their world upside down. For the most part, you know, Herb wasn't in the gutter. Herb wasn't, uh, Herb wasn't uh, on welfare. He, you know, he wasn't somebody, he wasn't a poor me. He was someone who was producing. And, yeah, and, you know, he basically robbed from himself. And, man, what a talent he could have been for all of us. Truly Vince McMahon's absolute, without a doubt, biggest threat ever. Had he, you know, lived that, that life of the straight and narrow. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I think Vince, I think, um, I think Herb had actually, and, and maybe one made the other, but uh, I think it was, you know, both, you know, sex and the, 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 the coke, uh, you know, apparently coke it, it, uh, intensifies the, uh, the whole experience sexually. And, you know, that's, that's what he was chasing. At the age of 51 years old, from my eyes and my, my perspective, and when I just learned, when I just learned that Herb was only 41, only 41 years old, and this man, so a lot of people probably don't know this, but how Herb made all of his money was that he had a chain of um, uh, women's oversized clothing store. Yeah, he was like one of the first ones to, to do this. And, um, you know, he didn't boast or brag a whole, I, I, as a matter of fact, I couldn't get a, a, a whole heck of a lot out of him about it other than 
you know, um, he says, oh yeah, you know, I, that's how I, I made my money. And he said, hey, you know, I used to sell, uh, futures and commodities and stuff. And so when I started selling coffee and, you know, next thing I said, damn, I'm selling coffee like crazy. Well, man, now I'm, I'm going to sell a little bit of sugar. He wants some sugar with that coffee. <laughs> and, he, and he's just like laughing and giggling, you know, his eyes are all lit up. He's telling this story like he's freaking Chris Kringle, uh, a great storyteller. And, uh, you know, everything to her was just fun time, you know, it was, uh, you know, not, not to hurt anyone or anything like that. It was, you know, let's, let's have a good time in the wrestling world. Oh man. You know, it's so different, you know, from, I, I, and I don't know exactly how it is right now with the WWE, but the way I understand it is, is you, uh, you wrestle that night. Um, and you, you get out, you know, uh, of the arena about 11 o'clock, 1130, get yourself a bite to eat. By the time you're in your ring, it's about one o'clock, you know, that's, that's if you don't have a couple of cocktails and then you got to take the next 6 a.m. flight, always the very first morning flight out of wherever you're going, land where you're going. And by the time that you get there just enough time to basically get to the arena and you have to you know sit there the whole day um and that's how vince operates you know and um man that's just he's barely i don't even know how these guys have enough time to work out anymore um so i you know the business has changed a, a whole heck of a lot and and you got to do as a promoter or as a boss you got to do what you got to do to keep your ship tight and i understand that but i i would do the same thing Absolutely. But it just seems like a lot of the fun, a lot of what I got to experience coming from the old carny school of, of, of the business, you know, I got to enjoy the last bit of uh, enjoyment that's, that was, uh, you know, in the business itself. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. At the time when, when when you broke in, and leading up to uh, when you you joined up with with Herb, I mean, that was very much, if anything, the the, the last 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 legs. If, if there was barely, I think it was last leg of of what was uh, you know the, the territorial construct of professional wrestling. Yeah, you know, it literally wasn't. You know, we were we were in such an infant stage at that time. And on the, on what I saw, you, you listeners, you get an opportunity to, to look at, uh, any of the tapes uh, on YouTube <clears throat> and it, you, you make the assessment for yourself, but you know, you look at how the indie pr- promotions are running their, their stuff right now. I'm trying to think, I actually like our product better than TNT's product. And I didn't, I really didn't think that I would, that, you know, that I would say that is, you know, I, I never compared the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely more energy. Um, and we were, you know, we're such, you know, at, at it's such a early stage of the business altogether, man, her being just 41. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would have been nothing, but if he would have been able to stay away, or just it maintain what he was doing without definitely tying or anything like that. But if we just would have just kept on uh, going year after year. It it would have been nothing but a progression of success. Uh, so long as there wasn't uh, any booby traps, you know, that uh, he, he made for himself. But those things do happen in business. You know, it could, it could be a, a matter of uh, legality with your your intellectual property was taping to, you know, you know, just with the name UWF in itself. Yeah, that see, see when that when that was the the deal when I was 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 watching at the time, or I was I was a fan of wrestling, or you know, younger kid, younger man, a fan. That that was one of the things when I first saw UWF come up again with Herb's uh, run this time. I, I, I kind of got me wondering, even at a younger age, about the uh, you know 
getting that getting those letters i mean because considering that it just came off of, of bill watts uh, his former company that was uh, sold uh, to turner it was just it made me ask even then a few questions about it but you know again i never doubted the the energy of course of of the way this uh, company came in though i mean you talk about moving in like a lion but yet at the back of my mind i was always wondering about the the uwf letter situation in regards to to legalities i can tell you that my answer on this is uh, it going to be that can't uh, I can't tell you uh, I can't give anyone a panacea uh, uh, answer to this question. I can tell you something I do remember because I remember asking um, the, the same question. I heard the, he he definitely did not he'd actually get excited about someone wanting to fight him legally. That was where, that was his arena. That was where, now maybe it's different in the criminal uh, side of things, but um, on the, you know, the civil side uh, issue, yeah, he, I distinctively remember something to the fact that there was, there was something wrong with the filing of the UWF uh, uh, or that they dissolved it or something. Um, I don't remember at all him saying, I bought it, not like Herb uh, to do. Uh, he would definitely work a deal or something, you know, trade out or, you know, <clears throat> payments or something like that. So if, if someone could, could, could get the answer to that for sure. And I'll, I'll, I will, um, I will absolutely, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to look and research this myself and talk to a couple of guys I know and see see what the they recall too, but there was another good product. I, I like the old UWF as well, but pair those two oh, with the exception that, you know, we got Dr. Death and I didn't even realize that we, we had Bam Bam um Terry Gordy, you know, until I was looking at the tapes and I Damn, I totally forgot about that. We had some good talent. Oh, that was a deep, um, deep locker room. I mean, those first first tapings. I mean, for for oh, her, yeah. for her. But I mean, I mean, geez, he came in like again. I said going in like a lion. I mean, he had these first yeah. tapings that that ended up, uh, you know, featuring a cavalcade of stars, and also he ended up getting that deal with Sports Channel, so he was able to get you know get the program out oh, there, yeah. get the Fury Hour out there. I mean. Damn, yeah. that's impressive. Just not only getting a, the deal done, but getting a locker room full of, of these, these guys. I mean, it was in the day of, uh, I, there was plen- uh, plenty of, of guys that weren't affiliated with Vince. Either they had left or they were maybe on their way up. But I mean, for all the things, yeah. there were some good things kind of falling into place. I mean, to get, you mean to get a deal on a, a, another wide, you know, widespread, wide viewed sports network at that time that what Sports Channel was. That yeah, is yeah. definitely no small potatoes, man. No, no, not at all. And um, you know, there were there were other distribution networks that he was also dealing with. You know, when it just came to the purchase of of the the VHS, <clears throat> and um, well, yeah, a whole new market all together with the home it, video. Yeah. Oh, it, it's fascinating. Have you ever been to a, an Apti convention in Vegas? Have you ever been to one of those? No, no, but I've I've always been been enticed to to check one out because I just it would just seem like such a a gathering of of so many different things with so many different wares, oh. especially in those days when when TV product yeah. was TV product was so huge, especially syndicated weekend stuff. To be, I mean, oh, there was yeah. a lot of slots yeah. that needed to be filled, and that, those those conventions were just the ultimate place for these uh, guys wherever you were in whatever market to find some programming, and for the the people putting out these programs to kind of sell that and hopefully get enough to. Work where they can get guaranteed, you know, maybe another right. a season out of it. it. Well, it's fascinating how it works. I, I don't know if you know, fans uh, know this, but they, they can appreciate uh, and understand. Um, this is basically, if, if you want to be successful um, in running your promotion, th- these are the small things that you've got to know, okay? Or, or at least, it, 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 I guess everything depends on your budget, but you can actually put on, a good per, uh, a good production, ass kicking trailer, and showing up at the Anaki convention. You have your whole display booth and your talent there signing autographs, and you're you're selling that sizzle, and you know you're getting um, you're getting things going. And uh, <clears throat> if uh, people uh, get a chance to 
um, check out some of my links out there, they'll see that um, I did exactly that. When Herb had me in Vegas, um, I, you know, I, I know how to work it. And I got right on the front page of the, the Vegas Sun the very first day that I was there with uh, Ballcat Goldwave. And, um, oh, God, I can't remember the, the guy that played Joe Dirt um, from Saturday Night Live. David Spade? <laughs> yeah, David Spade. Man, it made her today. He goes, oh, God, I knew you'd, you'd be, you know, best thing. And so, um, but, you know, we just worked it. But guess what? Guess what other convention was right next to us? Same time. Dare I ask? <laughs> the porn convention. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, the, the, the friendly entertainers of, the, of a different genre and, and taste preference. <laughs> Oh my! But yeah, that what a what a relationship! Oh man, I, now you talk about Herb's yeah. vices, uh, you know, when it comes yeah. to the, so the pleasures of the flesh. Herb, now I got to keep him away from the corn porn convention, and you know, and I, I'm kind of playing Papa here. Hey, hey we got to sell these things here, you know. And um, it, it was, you know, actually to be quite honest with you, Herb did he did pretty good, you know, considering unbelievably beautiful women that are in that business. And I have to say that let's take the looks out of it. It's the maintenance of all of that. So they, they, you know, they didn't appear to be these, you know, run down druggy type chicks that people, you know, most people would have in their mind that a porn star would be. Um, now they, you know, they were like a freaking machine. You know, they, everything about them was, being processed and worked on and maintenance and maintained and, 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 and handled well. Um, because you know, well, I, I can't say all of the girls look this way, but a high um, percent, a high was, percentage of from what you could gather. Yeah. I w- yeah. I was just absolutely uh, taken back on, on how well, you know, they, they kept their, their selves up, you know, how professional they actually acted as well. Um, but, um, yeah, so that, you know, this is what was going on. So, again, to your fan, this is how Herb would knock it out of the park because this is how he would get his funding. This is the part where you asked about the TV, right? Yeah. Just to give you a better understanding. So, at these conventions, there's, there's another one. There's another, actually, there's like several other ones. Um, even the, the, the one that's in uh, Con, you know, this, that's another one too. But, all these different um, events is how we got our funding, how we got our money, our, our, our upfront money, our, you know, our ability to um, uh, function and operate without him having to draw from his, his own account. And it was, um, it was amazing because I didn't realize, you know, <clears throat> here, if you just put on, if you bring talent from um, all over to, let's say Kansas City, I brought the talent like, just like he did, having the right lighting and the the, the right camera crew that know, knew what shots would look best, you know, for the for the event itself and producing the, the, the finished product. It, it's something that can be done um, effectively if you actually, you know, have a little bit. I don't know. It's, it's beyond common sense, but if you have that that marketing uh, finesse and, you know, uh, you understand how to, 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 to create a brand that stands out different from everything else. And so that's what Hub did. That's what, you know, he, he was, <clears throat> that's why he flew in the best of the best, you know, for his, you know, fitting event. And then, you know, he mixed his budget um, uh, on the basis of, what he could afford to do for that year based on what he got from his first, uh, uh, uh first, uh, nappy convention that he did. <clears throat> and, um, and then, you know, that's how you kind of work your budget from that point. Um, so, uh, of course he, uh, there, there is, there is absolutely, there's absolutely some value that's behind the the athlete itself this is the difference between vince mcmahon and um those who are trying to compete with vince mcmahon vince has the idea that he makes and breaks 
the talent, and talent will never dictate to him. <clears throat> and, you know, that's, that's good when you don't have competition. When you have competition, then that whole storyline goes out of the window. And, you know, uh, so, and I don't even know necessarily if you want to even say WCW, although it gave the appearance to, to be its competition, just seemed, you know, didn't seem like apples and oranges to me. It really didn't see apples and apples. But that's the thing with, with um, that I did witness with, with Herb is that when he brought in, um, you know, uh, some, some good, uh, good names, it did help. Um, uh, you know, it did help with, uh, who he signed as far as a distributor or network or who he finessed into, you know, helping finance his, his next venture. So, and, and you know, come on, he got, he got Dr. Death. I was supposed to get this gig. He got Dr. Death, but it was supposed to be me. <laughs> no, actually, Dr. Death des- deserved it. Uh, I mean, he was the champion and stuff, but you get him on Jay Leno. When we were at the MGM Grand, I actually bumped into to, to Jay Leno going up to the elevator. And, I, you know, we got to talking, and I said, boy, it sure would be nice if, if you could have one of us uh, wrestlers, uh, you know, do a guest appearance on your show. And he goes, oh, we'd love it. And I said, really? And he goes, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm going, oh, well, well, great. What do I need to do? And so, you know, I got her to, to hook up with uh, whoever his director was or whatever. And I said, this is better. I better be the one on his show. But <clears throat> no, I, I'm not a dick like that. It, it's, it, it should have gone to the Dr. Death because he was the heavyweight champion at the time. And that was the, that was at least, in the appearance that was, you know, our big draw. Um, and he was, Dr. Doug was definitely, man, uh, he, yeah, he's definitely a, a good piece of work. Yeah, we got, UWF got to appear on Jay Leno. I, I want you to think about this because we can be on Jay Leno. We can be on David Letterman. We can be on David Letterman. We can be on CNN. We, you see what I'm saying? And that's how me and Herb actually would would uh, would work together on things. It's it's and, it's, it's taking something know, something big, but also knowing the potential of making it bigger. Oh, absolutely. You know, I would be. You know, definitely, I would be that. You know, that person whispering in his ear. I'm always trying to you know dangle that carrot in front of him. But, you know, I I do think differently than most people, and. Um, uh, some people probably think that I was freaking absolutely nuts, but her, her definitely got it. He, you know, he, he definitely loves, um, you know, some of the things that him and I talked about as far as what we could do and, you know, how I delivered, like, you know, I'll never forget the, the how happy he was to see, you know, me land the, the Vegas sun front page. And, you know, that, that was like, damn, that was, that was good. As a matter of fact, he he like he was so pleased with me. He he got me. This is the first time I ever uh, got to experience this on my own. But this is how much it sucked too, because I had the whole Tropicana suite, the kind that uh, I had a volcano um, jacuzzi that that seated like eight to twelve people. I mean, wow. huge rock and roll, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's nothing more jacked up than to be in a huge suite like that all by yourself. Such a depressing moment, man. I was like dying. I was going, oh, I'd do anything to have just a regular room get me out of here. Because um, I felt like a failure. You know, I wasn't having one of those big parties or anything. That was, uh, that was my, little, my little gift. And, but, you know, that, you know, those are the things that... You know what's crazy? I probably forgot about, or at least I need to, you know, get them to come back up in my my memory banks because that that whole Jay Leno thing was just something that I I, I totally you know, spaced off um, and and forgot about. Uh, and it seems to be happening to me, uh, you know, more often than I'd like to. 
Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I had a, uh, incredible time if we could have Herb and I, cause after I didn't see him after the MGM, uh, gig. So from that time frame to his death, if I could have been with him and I, I honestly, um, I know that Sonny got to spend some time with him, uh, up in New York. I don't, I really don't know what he got himself into when you do um, that drug and you do it. Um, it's like a roller coaster ride. You know, you get up to a point and then you come down. And then when Herb would get into that, you know, that, that part or he'd run out or whatever, he would, you know, uh, he'd get manic. Which, you know, based on our research, that's not unusual at all. That's what a lot of people do. That's where he would get himself in trouble, too. It just would have been nice to know that someone could have taken care of him during that time. I'm not talking about taking care of him. And I I, trust me, when I say this, I feel talking out of both sides of my mouth there. There was a goal in mind. Um, although it, it, it may appear that I was enabling him, really, I was, I was earning his trust so that I could influence him more to get his high off of building things, making things happen. And, and, and man, that's, he just needed to, he just needed to learn how to, um, understand he was in control of that so we're, we're you know he would be such a manic with um with his thoughts and ideas that um he, you know it's like ripping through something and you know now he's you know he just landed this great deal with this distribution uh, distribution network just you know now i'm going to go out and so it's like partied hard worked hard you know type of uh mentality and you know you know, um, I know a lot of people who believe in that, but it, that too can, um, <laughs> there's consequences to everything. And so unfortunately, yeah, it, 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 uh, it took a great talent. It wasn't someone, like I said, sucking off of uh, the government. And don't get me wrong, because I do know, go through hard times and absolute respect for for, for those who, who go through that, the ones who are always looking for a handout or gimme, 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 that wasn't hurt. You know, um, he was definitely uh, a producer in this world. And and boy, what he, he did put together, I mean, as we kind of go back into uh, the early origins of the UWF, uh, I mean... The first couple of tapings, the first few tapings, I mean, I'm just looking at over some results here, just kind of refreshing myself from what I've, I've seen through the years. But to refresh myself on, on a, a locker room that he had assembled for these tapings at the Reseda Country Club. Now, you, can you recall when you, you first got at your first UWF tapings out there? I mean, it looks to the results, yeah. you uh, the, the locker room in there was uh, like legendary. Yeah. But can you talk about s- some of your experience also uh, yeah. working with guys like, you know, Brian Blair, Nikita Koloff to uh, even Ken oh, Patera, yeah. uh, Steve Williams, Colonel the Beers, even Billy Jack Haynes. But I want to talk about what it was like when you first got, got into that locker room to see all of that talent. I mean, you were no... Uh, uh, I mean, you had your experiences in the Kansas City territory, but what was this like to walk into? Like, basically, this was like something these guys could have assembled a fan's dream match card a- at that moment. Okay. Boy, you you definitely. Um, <clears throat> to, to all you wrestling fans out there, that, I, I want you to under, I want you to get this from my point of view being, um, and I will tell you, was not a big wrestling fan at all with football player and I was going to go pro. That's where I was heading. And uh, that was my mindset that nothing else was going to distract me from that until of course I met Hulk Hogan and that changed everything. Um, and that what gave me the, the love and respect for wrestling was, you know, Hogan playing Thunderlips. It was like, wow, <laughs> that looks cool. Um, but it totally looked different from what, you know, the wrestling I saw on TV growing up. He, 
not not being a big wrestling fan before I got into business. There, there was only one time I can tell you, one lead up where I started actually becoming a fan. I started really liking the product um, a lot. And it was, you know, it was the WrestleMania 3 guys. All those guys that were in WrestleMania 3, they were like freaking rock stars. So I went from, you know, the world uh, uh, or um, the environment of Kansas City, the NWA and All-Star Wrestling by Bob Geigel. And um, I went as, uh, most people don't know this, but I went as big Steve Ray, a big powerlifting kid, to the wild thing, um, to that, that character. And that was, that was really um, the full-blown introduction um, of, you know, how it was going to, how I introduced it to a national market. I had to walk from, you know, a, being a country bumpkin, you know, small town boy into this kind of environment. And I couldn't do it any other way, any other way, but to convince myself to be at that level. And there, there's a psychology behind this. There would have been no way that any of those guys would have ever given me a chance if I would have walked into that locker room with any other attitude, because I, I had to exhume that, that I believed in myself and, you know, that, you know, I knew exactly where I was going and how I was getting there. You know, I had to put that kind of, that mindset, all of that, you know, was a, you know, uh, for being so young and be able to think of all of that and actually do it and, use it like a, as a survival tactic, man, <laughs> going like, wow, I had a brain back then, you know, <laughs> um, but it, it was actually a, a really smart thing to do, uh, you know, as far as, um, in the entertainment business, you know, it's like you're fighting for that tick. You can't even let that other puppy come in and grab that tick. Are you ain't getting no note? That's how I went into Herb's production, which, um, which was, you know, of course, when I broke into all-star wrestling, you know, I, I kind of went through the, the nervousness and the jitters. Actually, I, I was undefeated for, you know, a good period of matches. I mean, like 80 something, 88, I believe, uh, matches, I went undefeated. And so then that, that's, that, that's amazing in itself, but there, you know, there was just a, a a different way that I carried myself from then to then. So I went from big to Ray to wild thing. And the one thing I'm going to tell myself, <laughs> the one thing I did on my first match, I didn't have to do it after that is I seated the crowd. I placed underwear and girls hands. And I also put signs, you know, in certain areas. Um, and, uh, I went out and I would work that crowd, uh, you know, all throughout that night uh, before I, you know, actually had to do my tape. And I'd let them know. I said, you guys want to be on TV? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, now uh, I'm making them part of the show. <clears throat> and I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I worked something out. And so that's why, you know, this is something I, I could not understand. <clears throat> for the life of me, because most of the wrestlers out there are brilliant, unbelievable, smart people. You know, I didn't see a lot of them doing things like this for, you know, to, to help their, their image or their, you know, uh, to boost their brand or anything like that. And so I'm not fully taking advantage of it. But, you know, the, the cool thing was is it did it one time, one time. Next thing you know, you know, I'm sorry. I, I get, you know, women's underwear thrown at me, you know, at every one of the matches from that point. It's those kind of things. You've got to be willing to, uh, you know, to do the, the extra mile. I did something so crazy. Uh, um, I wanted to be as dark and tan as I possibly could. And, you know, at this time, tanning beds weren't so prevalent in a small town that I lived in, Leavenworth, Kansas. 
And so we had like one tanning bed, but I just wasn't getting the color that I wanted for this big TV. So I took um, a whole bottle of Nestle iced tea and, you know, the powder kind, uh-huh, put, uh-huh. It in a bath, put it in a bathtub and, um, and soaked myself. You did. You took a nasty plunge. Are you kidding me? No way. Yeah, I'm dead serious. And man, it gave me the best color I've ever seen. Now, if, I'll warn everybody: if you do this, it, it, make sure you put Vaseline on your elbows, your hands, your kneecaps, your toes, your uh, ankle area, because um, probably my your private area. But, but um, uh, unbelievable. Um, color that it gave me, but it ruined it. Literally ruined that my hotel's bathtub. Um, and I'm so lucky that I didn't have to pay for it. But um, <clears throat> uh, I, I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get that stain out. Maybe there, there was a chemical that would work. I don't know. But yeah, that's you know those are the things. And I, you know what's funny is the very first time I met Cowboy Bob Orton, I was so enamored by him like wow you're you're the guy that was on uh uh rodney's uh piper's pit and you know i i always i loved that that episode where they brought in the the black midget and a small person or a little person the haiti kid yeah yeah shaved his head to make him look like mr t roddy piper the way he talked it was so real and or just you know what i mean It, it 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 felt real he had a so, way to pull you, know, you in, though. I mean, that was just his style yeah, and the, the psychology did. with pipes. Yes, yes. He was really good. I really admired him. But, you know, um, and Bob and I, you know, through the time that I was with the UWF, we became really good friends. And, you know, um, such a nice guy. And, you know, I, I became friends with all of these guys. Like, you know, Brian Blair is you know, the guy who know, put me on the pedestal to, to Herb and, and landed me, you know, sealed the deal um, with her bringing me in. But I, I honestly can tell you, man, every one of those guys were just freaking awesome. Now, the Power Twins, those guys, they're great guys, but they don't really talk much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know that they were on Ocean's Eleven, right? One of them. It was right at the end when... Uh, he gets picked up um, out out of prison or something like that, and you know, it's a you know, it's one of the power twins. Lo and behold, um, but uh, even ironic to that, um, uh, a lot of your fans probably uh, didn't know this as well. But um, Big Sky, he you know who that is, right? Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Big Sky, he was a lot. Sold at the MGM Grand. Um, I I made the introduction, you know, to Tyler Maine uh, to her, and they get along uh, uh, really well. And it, you know, looked like there could be some uh, strong possibilities, uh, other than if I ever see him wear that stupid costume or whatever you call that lion thing, I would burn it up. But anyway, so you know. Lo and behold, you know, Big Sky was living in Kansas City, and him and I became really good friends as well. And um, when I I did commercials, I worked for um, SAG, and um, I uh, they said they needed another wrestler, and so I I called up uh, Big Sky and said, "Hey, you you want to do a a commercial? You you know, it's um, it's a good one, so you'll make some money." And it pulled in like $1,200 a, a month, you know, but that was like eight months. Um, you know, we were making $1,200 just doing one commercial. Well, that little shit did what I do, but I wasn't doing it because I was married at the time. And, um, you know, uh, as I'm doing my commercial, of course, the mother of my child, Tanya Knight, she was gold on American Gladiator, uh, Gladiators. She was pregnant. I had to, you know, my my world at that time was, you know, about my my family and and not about networking and trying to, 
you know, make something happen. Lo and behold, boy, I tell you what, uh, within uh, less than a year from that time of that commercial, <laughs> I'm not kidding you, I find out that he's doing X-Men, the movie. And it's it's being released with him in it. Unbelievable. He, you know, yeah, unbelievable. And then he went from X-Men to Joe Dirt. And then he went from Joe Dirt to um, uh, the movie with Brad Pitt in it. Um, Oh, where he played like a gladiator type thing. Troy. Troy. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. But, you know, uh, I think, believe he's in Scorpion King too. And, and then he's, he's got that look that role. is just perfect for, for those movies. But yeah, exactly. Go back to what you're saying. Uh, no, he, he, he's landed it big time. He got the lead role. I don't know if he was Mike Myers or, okay. So it's Halloween fun that he plays. He, he's, he's Michael Myers and it, lead role. And, and I believe he bought into, he owns that, uh, a part of, that could be wrong, but that's what I remember. He, he owns a part of the Halloween um, uh, movie itself. You know, things, a lot of good things came out of, um, you know, the, the, the whole Herb experience and stuff. It just would have been amazing to, to see what we'd be talking about right now today hadn't he passed away this concludes this week's edition of wrestling memories featuring the wild thing steve ray come back next week as we talk more about the career of the wild thing and his involvement with herb abrams universal wrestling federation for steve ray i'm glenn Broggett. so long for now you've been listening to wrestling memories